0: Good morning. Do the numbers ninety-three ninety mean anything to you? Hold on. It doesn't what's going on here? It's the same thing first service. Like I say that nobody cares. Nobody cares, okay. May I Sug's jest to you? Anybody get that one? Okay. Listen. God has been undefeated the whole time. God's not lost one one battle. He has undefeated eternity. And we're we're celebrating the crux, uh, the central part of what God planned to do in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So, yeah. Uh, I want to read from Revelation uh, just this morning. A brief message. Uh, We have several people that are going to be baptized after, and so that, it's just an awesome thing. If you haven't been baptized, you can get baptized this morning. The reason I'll go through that at the end just to go through why why baptism and then what's going to happen when you're baptized. But it's pretty exciting when somebody gets saved and it's just as exciting when they're making their public confession of their following Jesus Christ. And so and as Paul was praying, and I would say to you online and us here, if you're if you don't know Jesus yet, I hope that after we get in the Word just a little bit this morning, that you'll be, uh, I'm sure you're here. But you're not here by accident, number one. Secondly, I'm sure that you've probably heard the gospel before. Gospel means good news. You've heard about Jesus. You know him. So I want to talk this morning a little bit about Jesus. Well, a lot about Jesus. Amen? And then I hope that if this morning you're not, you have not received Christ, you'll do that, and then you'll get baptized. And we have everything you'll need to be baptized this morning. So if you're here and you have known the Lord, you haven't been baptized, it's important really important. So I'll talk about that at the end. So uh, would you say amen to that and stand with your Bibles if you can, if you don't have to, but if you would stand, we'd like to stand for the word. I'm going to read a little bit out of Revelation, share with you just one thing I f- feel the Holy Spirit would be speaking to us this morning. So in Revelation chapter one, and by the way, we're going to also be studying this book. This Wednesday, we finished the book of Daniel, and then uh, next, the following Wednesday, we'll be starting the book of, of Revelation, one chapter. So I'm looking forward to that also, but here we go. Okay. The revelation of Jesus Christ, chapter 1, verse 1, which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. He sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Verse 17. And when I, that is John, saw him, capital H, Jesus, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am him who lives and was dead, past tense. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And everyone said, Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. I'd like to just pray a moment, Lord, the things that you've prepared, that I've been preparing things on your mind and heart, I ask, Lord, now that you take them, break them fresh. We're here, Lord, to to hear from you what you're saying this morning. So please bless this time now in your word, in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So today is Easter Sunday. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And here's what I want to share with you this morning is, uh, in a brief manner. There's a lot more that could be said. I have a lot more notes up here than I'll share. Um, But here's what I believe the Lord would say to you and me this morning. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. I am the first and last. I am who lives, was, dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. That's Jesus speaking in resurrection glory. He says to John, do not be afraid. And I'll tell you, there are so many things that are... Are wrangling our emotions in the area of fear. Whether it's real or imagined, fear seems to be driving a lot of things. God said, Jesus said to John the Apostle, Do not fear. Why? I am the first and the last. I am he who lives, was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. So, what are you afraid of this morning? What's driving the fears? I believe the Lord would say to you as a believer and non-believer, do not be afraid. Why would you be afraid or why are you afraid this morning to come to Jesus? You see, that's a real fear. That really happens. And so I want to talk a little bit about that this morning for you who have not come to Christ yet. I will say to you very confidently, there is no need to fear coming to Jesus. And for us who know the Lord, what fears, Jesus saying to you, do not fear. Don't let that master you. Do not fear. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives, was dead, past tense, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And then everyone said, amen. We have nothing to fear so long as we have our eyes on Christ. And I believe, again, the Holy Spirit would say to us, all of us in this room, We need to get our eyes like John on Jesus. Who is he? What did he do? And what authority does he have? Listen, (laughs) he has a perfect war record. Not quite done, but he is undefeated and will remain undefeated. Not even the grave could defeat him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, this is not dribble. This is not a, like a last-minute shot, and everyone goes wild. Listen, we should be going wild over what Jesus did and what we're celebrating today. We celebrate that every day. There is nothing perfect love casts out fear. How many times in the Bible have you read, God saying, do not fear, do not? Why does God say that? Because that's what we do. <laughs> We're great at being afraid of things imagined or not imagined. So here we have in Revelation, God knows everything. God shows some things to John. John hears them, and then John writes them down. So this is for us to read. This is for us to hear what the Spirit will be saying to the churches. We are the church who believe in Christ. And so seven times in the chapters 2 and 3, God, Jesus says through the Spirit, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what? what? The Spirit is saying to who? The churches. Do not fear. Do not fear. So the testimony of Jesus. Now, one thing that we all wish, that's why whenever you go to a book like Daniel, you go to a book like Revelation, you read this study, we just come out. Because we're just interested to know, what is this thing? What's going to happen? How's it going to pan out? And it's just very interesting to us because we're made in God's image and we're interested to know. But it's interesting, God didn't say, well, on April 4th, 2021, this is going to happen. He just sort of lay out the line for prophecy. He didn't do that. And there's a lot of things that go on in the prophetic word that we're going, what does that mean? That's why we come out, we hear again, we think about it again. And there's a lot of thinking. But the spirit of prophecy is Jesus Christ. So the same idea, we've got to get our eyes on God. We've got to fix our attention on Jesus Christ. We need to run this race, but we need to lay aside all the things that are are sort of tripping us up, fear being one of them. Keep our eyes on Jesus and run it, run it, run it, and do not be afraid. So I hope the Holy Spirit would encourage you as myself. Jesus is the one who said it. Do not be afraid. It's as though he's saying, I got this. I got it. Whatever it might be. So... John saw Jesus in his earthly glory. He walked with him. He handled him. He touched him. He saw his deity and wrote about it. He saw his humanity and wrote about it. He saw his humility and experienced it as Jesus washing his feet in many, many other ways. He also witnessed, he saw his agony as he's in the garden there in great drought. John saw that first, not secondhand, firsthand. He saw his bodily resurrection from the grave, which we're celebrating today. John saw that. How would you like to have seen that? Let me say to you, you will. You will see him in glory. You will believe in him. He also saw his bodily resurrection, ascension into heaven. How would you like to have seen that? Let me say it again. You're going to see it the opposite. You're going to see him coming. This is all what John saw, handled. He knew Jesus intimately but more important, he knew him personally. The question that rises, do you know Jesus perfectly? It's one thing to know about him. It's one thing to have heard about him. But it's another thing to know him personally. And John the apostle knew Jesus intimately, personally. But most important, this is what I want to attach to this. Do not be afraid. Most important, John knew that Jesus loved him totally, completely, and perfectly. Do you know that? Do you know Jesus personally? Not some facts about him. Do you know him personally? But then most important, do you know that he loves you perfectly, totally, completely? He loves you. And as Jesus put his hand on John here in this scene, we're going to be go through this morning just quickly. He puts his right hand on him and says to him, do not be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm who lives, was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And, John, I have the keys of Hades and of death. So John knew that he was loved deeply by Jesus. Now we get, that was on the earthly glory. Now we're in the heavenly glory. And this has got to be probably 60 to 70 years later. So John walked with Jesus and then Jesus ascends, and it's been 60 to 70, listen, years that John had been walking with Jesus. And Peter said, whom having not seen, you love. Well, he ascended, and all the disciples are going, what's going on here? Wait a second, wait a second. Would you stay? He said, well, it's needful that I go so I can pour out the Holy Spirit. So then, through his ascension and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, we have this intimate relationship with God through the Holy Spirit where he actually speaks to us. And I think this morning he's saying to you and to me, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. I got this. Now, I think of what we've gone through and what we're going through. I think this word is very timely for all of us. On this day that we celebrate the greatest victory in, her, in all of history of earth, that God gave his son, died on the cross, and he didn't stay there. He rose. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Not temporary. Not temporary. Not something that sort of happened and now, oh, well, that was nice. Ninety-three, ninety. 90 Wait a second, there's another game. <laughs> Are they going to win it? Let me say it again. God is undefeated. Undefeated. And he will be undefeated in your life. He caused all things to work together for good to those who love him and call him. God is working in your life and my life. And so we can say, he can say to us, don't fear. Do not fear. I'm the eternal one. I'm the first and the last. I'm who lives and was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. I'm the resurrected one. I'm the one who defeated death and hell and sin through the cross. And listen, this is fantastic. I have the keys of Hades and of death. I have authority over all death and all the places of death. I have the keys of Hades and of death. So the greatest enemy that we faced was death because of sin. And Jesus says to John as he's there, don't be afraid. I'm the eternal one. I'm the resurrected one. I have the authority over death and the places of death. So what are we afraid of? There are th- our th- fear is a good thing because it causes us to think about what's going on. But sometimes it's debilitating and sometimes unbelief. And so what, are, what is it that we're fearing today? Jesus would say to you, resting his hand on your, on your life, intimately, say, do not fear. Do not fear. I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have authority in all these realms where well, you have none, no power. can. I did that for you, John. So he laid his right hand. I mean, this is crazy love. This is amazing grace as we sing in the song. God loves you and loves me. And John knew that Jesus loved him completely. And so what did he do? He called himself, when he writes his book, Now, this is great. If you read his gospels, the one whom Jesus loved, he never said me, he just said the one whom Jesus loved, the one whom Jesus loved. The one whom Jesus loved. Now we have this whole thing that goes on today. Something like it's—it's it's the identity. I think crisis. Identity crisis. So now your identity is not what you do. Okay. So we, we attach it. Well, I'm a pastor. That's my identity, or whatever it might be. I would say this: If you are the one whom Jesus loves, to say that is the greatest identity you will ever know. I am the one whom Jesus loves. The one whom Jesus, the one who leans his, breast up, his head on Jesus' breast. The one who, who's there is, is viewing all these things. He knew he was loved by Jesus completely, perfectly, totally. So he says, I'm the one whom Jesus loved." So when you know you're the one whom Jesus loves, what you want to do is go out and tell everyone who you are. I'm the one who Jesus loves. I'm the one whom he died for. I'm the one whom he rose for. I'm the one whom he ascended for. And I'm the one that's going to see him again in glory. Do you have that assurance in your life today? Do not be afraid. on the eternal one, the resurrected one. I have authority over death. So on this resurrection, just simply, do you know how much Jesus loves you. And as John saw him, he had some face time. He fell on his face. But there in that reverential time, what was going on? I'll tell you what was going on. God was pouring into his heart the love that he has for him. And in those times when awe and we're in awe of Jesus, when we're on our face before him, and we're worshiping him and we're afraid. And God begins to minister again. Do not be afraid. It's his love that's poured out in Romans chapter 5 by the Holy Spirit into your life to say, hey, I got this. I got it. Of course, the marker is if God can conquer sin, death, and hell through the resurrection, is there anything too hard for the Lord? One of my go-to passages in the Bible is in Romans chapter 8. And you know, and I know very well, there's been a lot of dark times in this year. There has been. There's been a lot of painful times. Even I say it, it chokes me up. There's been a lot of stuff going on. And in those dark places, and I've had many of them, and when I'm bummed out and discouraged and doubting, my go-to passage is Romans chapter 8. That's where I go. Do you have a go-to passage this morning? Many, for, for many, maybe it's Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Great one. Whatever it is, God, the Holy Spirit, wants to speak into your life. to you to say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. So in Romans 8, what do you say? Many of you know it. And we know that all things, not some things, God is the God of all things. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of son. God's got it. He's got your life, my life. He's working all things according to, for good. It doesn't say that all things are good, but God takes our lives and all the things that are difficult, all the, and he says, I'm going to show you what I can do because I'm a good God. Then at the end of the chapter, he says, for I am persuaded. I you been persuaded this morning. Neither life, nor death, nor angels principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth. And then in case you didn't cover it all, nor any other thing, anything. And you can put your line there and draw, fill it in. Shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what he said. This is Paul writing. So do not fear. I think the Holy Spirit, I I believe the Holy Spirit is saying that to each and every one of us today. No matter what you're facing, no matter how, you know, when I read the Bible, the stories that are so fabulous are the ones that there's, you know, all the odds are against God's person or God's people. They're all against. And what do they do? They look to God. And I'll, I'll close here. We need to keep our eyes or get them back on God. We're talking eternal. We're talking all-powerful. We're talking everywhere present. We're talking the one who knows all things and he directs all things according to his providential sovereignty. He does that, and he's doing it in your life. Now, someone said success is often pictured as a straight line. It's not. It's a zigzag. God taking us, but the end, I'm persuaded. Nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Do you know that this morning? Have you laid hold of that? I would say if just for today, maybe just now, would you in your mind and heart just say, God, I am going to trust you. I'm going to lay right now my cares at your feet. I'm not going to be afraid. Now, you know it as well as I do, fear comes and goes at the worst possible moments. <laughs> Just for this morning, you who are online, just for this morning, can we just do that? We're going to have a baptism, but I wanna, and I want to explain that a little bit before. I'll just take a moment that we can pray and unload on God, because he would say to you this morning, it, and really, I believe he's saying, it doesn't matter what it is. It's not too big for God. Say, okay, here it is, God. Just say, in fact, let's do that now. Let's do that now. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. And we who are believers in the room, would you just keep your heads bowed, your eyes closed, and just pray for one moment. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, it's not complicated, and there's nothing to fear. The greater fear is that you wouldn't come to him. But he's the one who offers to you forgiveness of your sin, the Holy Spirit to give you eternal life, And then this life walking with God that is so amazing, it's all saturated with his love for each and every one of his children. So if that's you this morning, you haven't come to know Christ, would you just raise your hand up and say, I would like this morning to ask Jesus into my life, be saved by his blood. I can't see very well out there, so if if I don't see it, we'll just that's you. We're just going to pray over you right now, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name now as you are wooing many, I know you're wooing many people to the truth, the light, the love that you have for them. And we're praying you you're, draw them to yourself now in repentance and faith and fill them with your spirit and grant to them the, the request that you would forgive and save their lives from death and hell. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we go, Sophia... I just want to go through the baptism because I want you to. We're going to close with this song. But in baptism, why, why, do we, why are we doing baptism? Number one, because Jesus commanded it. And that should be the only number we need. Jesus commanded it. Secondly, it's practiced in the book of Acts. And third, it's taught in the epistles. So that's why we do what we do. Communion is another one of those. So when you're going to come to be baptized, and they're getting ready now for you over there. Again, if you haven't come prepared, we we have everything you need to be baptized. And it's really important that you do that. But here's the question we're going to ask. Have you believed in, received, and confessed the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? So when they go into that baptismal, they're going to be asked that question. Secondly, do you desire to be baptized today as a public testimony to your personal commitment to follow and obey Him to the best of your ability from this day forward and forevermore? And they're going to... It's going to be affirmative. Therefore, on the base of your confession of faith and obedience to his command, I now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And here's what we need to do. See, when you go under the water, it's just, it's just a picture of your old life being buried. And as I've said every time in baptism, some of you maybe have to held under longer. We won't do it until the bubbles come up, but we, you know. Listen, this is a joyous thing it's just God gave us a picture that when you're going under the water, that's, your old life is being, this is in Romans 6, your old life is being buried, and then when you come up, it's just like Jesus coming out of the grave. You're, you're to a new life. And now your life, you're, you're making, it's just a public confession of what's already taken place in your heart. That's why we do baptism. So, as we do that, it necessitates. Yeah! I mean, better than Gonzaga winning, okay? it's This is this is like, the this is it, okay? There you go. So, Are you ready to go? Okay, I'll get out of the way.